Hello and welcome to episode number 210 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Good man, good. Played a little game of, I have no idea what the podcast number is, it's going to be a surprise when you say it. Yeah, and it's already like, it's weird <laughs> that it's, it's 10. Surprised. Yeah, exactly, it freaked me out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it really does just keep adding up. But um, yeah, we're back again, back with another Shudder release this week um, with Random Acts of Violence. Shudder, um, keeping this going in lockdown. Hell yeah, they really have done over the past month or so. Um, and yeah, we talked about this, um, what, a few weeks ago? Because we were going to see mm-hmm. it last week, and then we saw Spree, yeah. um, which was an absolute joy. No regrets. Um, Yes, hopefully people have checked that one out. Um, and yeah, now we're back with Shudder. Um, and of course, yeah, next week is uh, all the Fright Fest stuff. So uh, maybe we'll talk a bit about that at the end. Um, but uh, yeah, before we dive into this week's film, um, a couple of interesting news stories here. Um, this first one's a funny one. Um, it's a what could have been. And I still think there's more to this news story. Um, but it's funny because it's something that we've obviously talked about on the show. Um, of course, it's Scream related because we have to start with Scream news. Um, but David Arquette has been announced. <laughs> basically, th- this news sort of headline is that uh, Samara Weaven was almost in Scream <laughs> 5. Um, so I don't know if you saw this sort of going around. I did. Yeah, a lot, a lot of people tweeted this to us, which I appreciate. Yeah, um, I was going to say, I, I only saw it via the listeners that tweeted at <laughs> us, and it was very much appreciated and uh, made me chuckle, because we yeah. were so on the nose. <laughs> yeah, obviously, like, go back and listen to our Scream 4 retrospective, but we had some kind of predictions and thoughts on on her and, and her being in Scream 5. Um, and, uh, yeah, basically, the quote is, um, when asked if she was, I think they just, I don't know, it's weird, right? I don't know if they just straight out asked Someone if she was just like, you're going to be in Scream 5, right? <laughs> yeah, they're just like, how's Scream 5? Just acting like she was already in it. But mm. um, she said, uh, we were talking about it, but our schedules aren't going to work, which is a bummer. Uh, we talked about it a lot. But unfortunately, because of scheduling, I couldn't do it. Um, I'll still be in Australia uh, working on Nine Perfect Strangers. Um, so we couldn't make it work. Traveling is very difficult these days. Um, so obviously, yeah, she's filming right now in Australia. Um, and obviously, yeah, kind of what the leaked production schedule was, I believe, September for Scream 5 to start. Mm-hmm. Um And so, yeah, obviously, if it runs into that and, yeah, I think they are filming in the States for Scream 5 um, and obviously, yeah, traveling is not still not the best right now um, because, of course, Samara is Australian, I believe. Um, I don't know if she still lives there or probably back and forth between the States. Um, She's just wherever she's, you know, filming when she's allowed to film. Exactly. Yeah. but yeah, obviously the people kind of circulated this around, but I, mm. I definitely don't see this as the end of this. I no. think that to me, this is very good early bait and kind of getting people off the scent. I think the fact that she said we talked about it a lot is kind mm. of like, I just, I can't picture a world where this filmmaking duo would have a, a probably significant role for her in the sequel. Um, and then we just go a completely different direction. Could you like, imagine if she was cast as the lead and then because hmm. of scheduling, she was written a smaller part, maybe just <laughs> the opening of the movie? That'd yeah, weird, wasn't it? Well, it, it's funny you say that because just as I, I was then saying about how, you know, maybe they wrote, wrote a role and then changed it. But like, it is funny when you think about what, what we were discussing a lot, especially those first free screen movies, mm. was just how much of an absolute mess the productions were. Mm-hmm. And kind of like, and they here were we going, go again, COVID yeah, world for screen. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah, like tw- the current climate of 2020 is like absolutely perfect to make a new screen movie. Um, because it's, <laughs> it's going to be gold. Um, exactly. And those movies, the, messier somehow the production, the better the finished product. It's, <laughs> I don't understand it, but somehow it works for screen, but that was under the helm of Wes. Exactly. And yeah, we talked about the stuff with like scream <laughs> two in particular, and just like how much God characters were changing constantly, the cast and etc. So yeah this is interesting to me it's funny that she's been out there publicly stating it because like this is kind of what we already knew um mm. but yeah i don't see this as the end of this that's all i'll say no. I, for me though it was good news because i really think that she's not going to be like a major character um mm. which is what what i was hoping that she is going to be more of the drew barrymore sort of character mm. or sarah michelle geller kind of like you know just just yeah, because I I like her. I, I you know I think she could be fantastic in the movie. But we we all know what she can have that turn of character. And we just mm-hmm. if she was the killer in Scream Five, it would just you know it would just be so obvious. So yeah, I'm just hoping that we've avoided that bullet with this news. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll keep you guys noted on that one. Um, 
Next up, this this new story is just a mess from top to bottom. Um, it's regarding the. I love it. I love it when you start a news story with that. It always it always fills me with joy. I, I feel like that is this week's news in a nutshell. Really, most of this stuff, but um. This is regarding the kind of upcoming, I don't even know what to call it. There's a new Texas Chainsaw Massacre they're apparently trying to make. God knows why. Um, Next. Yeah, this is the one that's kind of like Fede Alvarez is producing, um, whatever the hell that means. But um, basically, um, there was two directors that were going to be directing the movie, Ryan and Andy Tohill. Um, The movie had apparently begun filming last week in Bulgaria. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And just after a week into production, the brothers have left the project due to creative differences. <laughs> um, they have left, and a new director, uh, David Are you, Blue... Oh, I was gonna say, <laughs> I was gonna are you say, saying there's a gap for two brothers well, to direct the horror movie? <laughs> I don't want to direct this mess. <laughs> um, but uh, the new director... I'd be, I'd be interested. <laughs> <laughs> you got this one, bro. Um, yeah, the new director's been uh, brought on, David Blue Garcia, and apparently all the footage that was shot has been immediately scrapped already. Um, so that's what's going on with this p- bunch Ooh. of crap, basically. I mean, yeah, I can't... I, I've, I've said it before, like, kind of outside of those first two Chainsaw Massacre movies, this franchise does literally nothing for me. Um, and I think that all of the attempts at sequels and remakes to me anyway, have been God awful. Um, and I don't care about a new one. Um, hey, the more difficult the production, <laughs> this ain't screen baby. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you, do you care about this in the slightest? Like obviously with, no, with like, it's hard for I, us, right? Because Fede is attached, but it feels like yeah. he's barely attached. Like, yeah. And even Fede, like it's not, a, it's not a slam dunk these days. Mm. Like, um, I don't like. No, I'm not interested. <laughs> it's a short yeah. answer. Like, I I struggle not to be interested with Texas Chainsaw Massacre because of two great movies and like even the remakes I had time for at the time. Uh, but yeah, it's gone so muddy now that like I I don't want to get sucked in. Mm. Yeah, it's going to be weird. Um, that that and Hellraiser, like those two franchises, <laughs> you're just not doing it anymore. You're not sucking me anymore. You're not baiting me in anymore. Oh yeah, see, I'm I'm ready to be baited by Hellraiser because like it's been bad for so long, but I can I can definitely trick myself into thinking they'll make it good again. <laughs> Look, that's what I said to myself when I started watching Puppet Master movies. Just don't do it, bro. Just don't do it. See, the problem there though is that they have to start being good at some point. Um, hey man, they way. did. We saw it. Fright Fest. That is true. Um, there's half a good movie there. Um, next up, uh, this one's involving Creep Show. Um, it's not actually an update on the tv series um which is a shame um we i i guess we don't know i I assume it's just not coming this year i can't remember if they ever officially announced it was being delayed to 2021 um Mm -hmm. because obviously this time last year they had said that obviously yep greenlit series two and all that stuff and obviously covid happened um we already discussed in the news a few weeks ago that they kind of already begun pre-production on series three so the show is obviously still going ahead um it's just whether or not how long the delays take um Mm. this is an interesting one they're basically releasing a book um so uh creep show the taker um is coming this september actually september 1st so very soon and it's a paperback novel which has two original kind of short stories um and it's supposed to just be like under that umbrella of kind of inspired by um creep show the tv show um mm-hmm. so you know don't know too much about this one but i think it's interesting to see creep show already becoming like this multimedia force as it were um obviously only just come out on shutter last year was hugely successful for them i think it's interesting that they are already kind of like starting to branch it out and trying to make it more of just a not just a tv show but like these different avenues so i I think that's why i thought this was interesting um and uh yeah like obviously yeah like we don't read too much but i'm you know I've never, I guess I've read a couple of anthology stuff because like the Joe Hill stuff, I read a few of his short stories. Um, but I am curious about whether that would translate to something like a book. Um, I mean, the Creepshow comic that I got for the yeah, uh, like that, segment is fantastic. So <laughs> yeah. anything like that, then I'm in. Yeah, like I would like to know a bit more about this one. Like this, this release was very bare bones. Like I want to know like what these stories are, like what make them creep show. Were, were these, you know, rejected ones for the first series of creep show? Like there really isn't too much information. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's it's cool nonetheless to see them kind of branching out. Um and then yeah, kind of the last main news story. Um this is a weird one to kind of dig into, but like <laughs> I feel like there's been a lot of talk online over the last few days about this that it's worth mentioning, kind of the thing um being in the right. news and John Carpenter being attached to it. Um it's very messy, this whole story, because there isn't too much 
confirmation in here. Um, it seems like it stemmed from a chat that um, John Carpenter was at the, I think it was the Fantasia Festival, which is kind of like they've been doing their own virtual version over the last week or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was asked, like, basically, oh, you've been having conversations with Bloomhouse, right, about getting back and directing maybe something to do with the thing. Um, and his quote was, I have question mark. I don't know about that, um, but we have talked about. I think he's going to be working on the thing, rebooting the thing. I'm involved with that, maybe down the road, <laughs> um, which is a brilliant quote. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, it's very non-committal, and obviously, this is taken just from a chat, so it sounds very messy. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah. So, and then that's kind of what people are reporting. The thing, 2022. Well, that's the thing is like now it's been reported, obviously, yeah, Bloomhouse have got their hands on this. And like, I think the reason why I want to bring it up and at least bring it back to something that we did know was that, again, <laughs> God, it, we did know. <laughs> well, like, this all blurs at this point, but I don't know if you remember in the news a while back, we talked about how basically. I don't listen when you do the news, so no, I, probably not. <laughs> There was like the original novella, which is what this is all based upon. Like yeah. the original oh, movie. Oh yeah, I do remember. Yeah. yeah, like it was. It was getting re-released as an expanded version for the first time called Frozen Hell, and yeah. it kind of had this like successful Kickstarter. And they were going to fully release it, and then the guy who was in charge of that then posted on like Facebook or something like basically I think it was that Bloomhouse had bought the film rights to that, and so then people were kind of saying like, "What is this going to be?" And that was when we discussed it in the news. And then it seems like. <laughs> this is the same thing, but John Carpenter is involved in some capacity. Um, obviously he already has that working relationship with Bloomhouse working on the most recent Halloweens. Um, so it seems like he's probably going to do something in that capacity. Like I think people are getting really excited because they think John Carpenter is going to direct a new thing movie. And I don't think that's going to happen. No, it's um, not going to happen. Just don't, don't even get excited about that. <laughs> if you're someone that's excited by that, because it's not. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. And I think for, for us, you know, love the thing, right? Like it's a great mm. movie. I think the I, I was curious about this frozen hell thing just because it is it was the original source material and the fact that they found all the stuff that had never been kind of published before i was interested in a movie version of that um mm. wh- whether that is what this is that's cool but like when you start hearing like remake of the thing and stuff i'm like well they've already done a remake of the thing and when we when we keep saying the thing we're talking about john carpenter's thing which is itself yeah, a remake say, of we've the already thing. had a remake of the thing it's the thing that we're talking about yeah, so there's there's literally already two remakes been made of the original mm. 1951 movie, and so we're now talking about a fourth movie based upon this original novella. Like it's it's so. They say Hollywood has no fresh ideas. <laughs> exactly. Like there's been a lot of news lately. Like I wanted to chuck this in here as well because it seemed like there was a again a leaked production sheet or something where basically some company's making a new exorcist um yeah again it never hasn't it hasn't been confirmed yet by anyone um so i haven't really thrown it in there but like i to me anyway and and again like the exorcist is something that i really don't care about um shock horror um but uh kind of like well, when you start seeing all these like remakes and things my mind just starts to switch off and i really don't care like I, i know that that's like a really um you know people have been saying that for, since the dawn of times like oh my god remakes yada yada and and like we get that and obviously we do love a lot of remakes mm. um and so like we're definitely not the people that are just immediately like remake equals bad um but it does start to get a point when you start hearing these same titles thrown around again and again that my brain does just start to switch off and i'm like i just don't care like yeah, i don't no. need to see the thing again i don't need to see exorcist again i don't need to see chainsaw massacre again like of course if they're things that really speak to us and we would get excited for them but mm. Yeah, it's yeah, a I, I don't get excited by kind of any of these because, hmm. like, like you say, we, we've just seen them so many times before these remakes and everything that I just, it just doesn't interest me. And I think, um, you know, if if they get the right people behind it and everything else, then potentially. But you, you know, there's just so many great fresh ideas out there hmm. that we've seen recently, and you know, continuing franchises even. But yeah, just not these just dead remakes. Yeah, I think that's the thing. That's been what stood out for us so much over the last few years doing the show is that there's just been so much originality and that's been awesome. And yes, we will still get excited for these things. Like, obviously, we're really excited for a new Candyman. But I think that it needs to be put into the context of like, we first and foremost just want to hear new stuff, you know, like... Mm movies that get us really excited like i love that jordan peele is involved in Candyman, but i really want to hear what his fresh new idea is you know that that's going to excite me way more than any other franchise he could be involved in um definitely so yeah it's an interesting one um just just to kind of close out the news very briefly but like i had to mention it because it's so goddamn good um <clears throat> did, did you see the trailer for the batman 
I did. I did. <sighs> I've seen it about a hundred times at this point. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Um, th- this trailer is for me anyway, and I really want to get your take on it. Like one of the best trailers I've seen this year. Um, I think it's outstanding that when we think about the fact that this movie was cut short due to COVID. And so they have begun mm. filming again. And apparently Matt Reeves was quoted in saying basically that 25% of the movie has been shot at this point. Mm. Um, yeah, so and so taking that into consideration, and even if you don't, this trailer is like phenomenal. You know, it sets up so yeah, much like giving away. It gives you just the perfect tone and mood of what this movie's gonna be without really going into plot, which I absolutely love. And yeah, they, they nailed everything about it. Like I'm assuming you you were a big fan of this one as well. Oh yeah, definitely. it's um super exciting because I think kinda you know, it looks as dark as we all want it to be. Yeah. Um and obviously like Robert just looks like an absolute psycho Batman, mm. like that could could be amazing. I think kind of, um, you know, I'm, it, it, there's there was like massive Riddler vibes in the trailer. Mm. So like, I hope that we do get um, Riddler in this. Um, it seems oh, like oh, that's who the villain's going to be, um, <laughs> which is awesome. Um, like I don't, like I, I at this point, like I almost don't want to see any more. Um, yeah, I saw I like a, a lot of people got excited about the Batmobile. I didn't, I didn't like that. That didn't do anything crazy for me. Mm-hmm. But, the re- but the rest of the trailer, like, yeah, blew blew me away. Um, yeah, I saw a lot of people just saying how amazing that Batmobile looked, and it, it didn't. I think people no and i think i think it looks fine but that's been a thing that i could have said since i you know grew up watching batman is like people always obsess about the batmobile um and you know like the keaton one and then kind of like the tumblr for the nolan stuff and i don't really care about the batmobile i'm like the batmobile is cool but like i I find batman and his abilities and then the villains way more interesting to me Mm. um but uh, yeah, like, like I completely agree with you. Like the vibe of this movie is exactly what I wanted from it. And I think when we saw Joker, it, it kind of, that movie I think is going to go down in history for so many different reasons, but it showed that you can like, yeah, yeah we've seen like well, dark takes on these things, but the fact that they went R rated super non-superhero and super adult oriented, and it made so much goddamn money at the box office, you know, wins all the Oscars and everything it deserves. And I think that showed that you can take massive risks with these franchises at this point. Yeah, It's what we said when we spoke about Joker that like, you know, we, um we hope that dc look at this and Mm. say like actually like and again like we're not we're not comic book guys we Mm. we are big fans of these franchises in a lot of worlds like the video game world and the movie world but like you know there's been dark takes on a lot of dc stuff whereas marvel Mm. has always been very clean and Mm. kind of you know traditional superhero and i think kind of dc have been scared to lean into it and mm. you look at some of some of the best stuff they've got. You know, Nolan movies were at their best when they were at their darkest. And yeah. people love the Keaton movies because they're timber and darker shit movies. And like, you know, I think I think they have characters there that can be super dark. And and you know, you get Superman out of there, and almost all of them have got a very dark side. Oh, Batman um, in particular is like yeah, he's he's the, a dark yeah. character. I think going off of what we saw, obviously there, there was at this DC fandom thing, and they were announcing loads mm. of different stuff, and a lot of it I was yeah. very impressed with. Yeah, um, so. like the Suicide Squad is a great thing, where like that is this big, bright, wacky adventure, and mm. obviously that suits that franchise so well. And obviously they have a match made in heaven by getting James Gunn to direct that thing, yeah. um, because there's literally not a single person on the world who would be better to to do that film. Um, and so like I'm equally excited for that for a completely different reason um but yeah like this movie looks awesome i think when we saw joker i remember saying like god i hope they can somehow find a way to bring this together and even though they've said time and time again there's stuff that breaks the continuity this is obviously set in modern day with the technology and and yada 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 but like i want an end credits thing when everyone's fell in love with Robert Patterson as Batman and, and loves this movie and it's and it's rightfully just an amazing Batman movie. We yeah. need to have the movie that brings these two together because yeah, I, I think you you see that the, the puppet master behind it all, yeah. like all of the shenanigans of this movie that we've just watched was Joker. Could you imagine? And that and that's why, like, I want I don't want that now because I want this movie to stand alone the way Joker did. And mm. then, like, once you get three or four years removed from this, well, and then exactly. you'd be like, you right, build, two actors you that you love. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, not even like I'm always worried to say that because even though that is, well, what yeah, I'm just not, not a universe, but yeah. yeah, it's not like pulling in all these different characters and telling a story over ten years or anything like that. It is literally just I want these two entities to exist because ultimately 
Joker's great. He needs Batman. Batman's great. He needs Joker. And so like you can have a standalone movie that's great without the other, but mm-hmm. going forward, they'll always be better when they're with each other. Um, and yeah, if this movie's as good as I think it will be as well, like people will be clamoring for that. Like, could you imagine? It would just be awesome. Um, Definitely. But yeah, enough of that stuff. Should we talk about this week's film? Let's do it. Let's talk about random acts of violence. So yeah, like we said, obviously this one came to Shudder um, uh, what, a couple of weeks ago now. Um, yeah. And yeah, like there's not really too much of an intro for this one, really. It was kind of one that caught my eye based upon watching a little bit of the trailer. Um, and that was pretty much it. You know, it didn't have like this long. Yeah, it wasn't this long tail that I was like really excited for or anything like that. That was that was pretty much it, really. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess you probably knew like similar levels to me on this one. Um, I I knew pretty much nothing. Right. Uh, yeah, or exactly nothing about this. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, going into it very blind and kind of... Um, yeah, I guess to, to, to go into a synopsis, um, like, yeah, this movie, um, how, like, with the advertising in that, I didn't even see, like, promotional stuff, so I don't even know how they're kind of advertising if it is more of, like, a darker movie, but it doesn't, mm. it, they, they kind of, because um, they, they don't seem to lean into the comic book stuff in any of the um, kind of posters and stuff I've seen. Yeah, yeah um but yeah we kind of we we get introduced to kind of our lead character todd who's basically um a a, a horror comic book writer that um is in the middle of kind of trying to write his um finale to to his uh was is it slasher man the comic yeah Yeah. i was like it can't be called slasher man that's way too (laughs) generic um yeah his comic book series slasher man and he's got writer's block um and so him, his kind of two assistants and his uh, girlfriend decide to go on a road trip. Um, and basically his the initial idea or concept of his comic book was the string of murders that happened along a highway where, um, was it like 10 or 12 murders happened and yeah. um, the killer was never found. And then he's kind of dramatized that into a comic book and then kind of when the comic book got legs, it then kind of expanded beyond those murders. Um, and, uh, you know, a bit, a bit like stab really, you know, mm, the franchise yeah. stab. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, based on real life murders, he's dramatized that he's got this successful thing and then it pretty much became its own thing at that point. Yeah. So he's, so he's struggling to find an ending for his book or his comic book. And, um, yeah, as they go on the road trip, it seems like we, um, have a killer uh whether it be a copycat or the original or whoever it is um out there slicing and dicing people on the highway whilst they're on their road trip um Mm. and paths intermingle yeah (laughs) um yeah and i mean i guess that's you know i I, pretty much a decent plot i think kind of to sum things up it uh as, as an idea initially like it, it got me reasonably in like and I, and I imagine that's what got you in when you mm. were fairly interested to watch this like yeah from the trailer first yeah. 10 minutes or so i was like okay this is cool like i like i like this kind of comic book idea um didn't didn't hate the cast initially um and uh and yeah was was reasonably in it to start with but um yeah do you want to go into what you thought of this one yeah like this one to me was a massive miss and, and it is disappointing um I think that it's got a lot wrong with it. It's kind of a bit of a mess from start to finish, really. Um, I think it has some cool stuff in it. Um, you know, that is very limited, kind of. I just think that it's not well made, and that's always a big issue, right? Is like mm. you can talk about fundamentals and kind of like um, be very specifics with like plot and kind of visuals and cast and all that stuff, but I think ultimately. I just don't think this movie was well crafted. I, I think it's like very sloppily made at, at times, um, especially going into the final act. Um, it really just starts to lose its own grip of what it's trying to be as a film. Um, and ultimately really lost me as a viewer at that point. Um, mm. It's about 80 minutes, this one. And yeah, definitely the last sort of 20, 25 minutes. I just wanted it to be over. Um, I've kind of already got bored with what they were trying to say to me as a viewer. And I think that it is one of those movies that um, 
does have its messages that it's trying to get across. And I think that's where, again, I, I think fundamentally the movie just isn't well made. Um, but I think that's when the movie then really starts to lose me as a viewer. And I, I want to actively switch off because I think yeah. the stuff they're trying to say is just so boring and vanilla and like stuff that we've heard in media about, you know, in particular about violence in media. So goddamn times, you know, like I feel like when I was watching this movie, it was like, going back in a time machine to like the mm. early 90s or something and it was like watching governors talk about how mortal Kombat is going to like ruin the youth of today and <laughs> like it, it was really i couldn't believe i was watching this in 2020 and i think that was my biggest takeaway is that this movie is a 2020 release that i'm watching right now through today's lens mm. and if it, it couldn't feel more old-fashioned if it tried and yeah, i think it's yeah, it's it's obviously tough, right? Because you never want to directly compare it. But we saw Spree last week, which I'm obviously still thinking about, and yeah. that not a good place to start when you think about this movie as well. No, because like it, that is like it has completely different messages. Spree, it's way more talking about kind of social media and influence and wanting internet fame, whereas this movie's message is all about kind of the way violence is portrayed in media and, and kind of like what we get entertainment from that. But I think that spree perfectly captured 2020 in that moment and had really cool and interesting things to say whilst of course also making an entertaining and well-crafted movie i think this just has such a boring message it doesn't really go anywhere like it doesn't it doesn't know whether to kind of like stay on this message of what it's trying to say of violence or go in a different direction and so I kind of got really muddled as a viewer and then even stepping away from the message stuff, which I do think is really problematic. It's then just not well made. Um, mm. You know, I, I think that was my biggest takeaway and that sucks as like a criticism because I think it's a really strong criticism and it's something that I don't say lightly, but I really, really do think that this movie is just not well made. Um, kind of like certain shots don't look nice, kind of, especially towards the end that he has this choice where they want to just keep cutting to like a black screen over and over again. And yeah, there was, there was one point where I thought it had like crashed. It was like cutting out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It genuinely felt that way. And I was like, Oh no, this is just their cool effect that they're going for. And it's, Mm. it's not cool. It just sucks. Um, so yeah, like I'm, I, I really was disappointed Mm -hmm. with this one. Um, what what do you think of it? Yeah. Um, before I go into my thoughts in depth, I think what you touched upon there with the message, there was something that really sprung to mind with that where, um, I think the biggest problem with this is that a lot of people are going to walk away from this movie saying it's just a, a torture porn movie. Mm. That there's there's so like the violence is like at some points just very gratuitous and very over the top and in your face. And like I sometimes kind of check myself when I'm talking about movies and I'm like, oh, there's not enough kills in it and that sort of thing. And I'm like, oh, it sounds like I've just got like a lost to see gore or whatever but then this movie is super gory and it was just not entertaining mm. like it was just there for the sake of being there and it wasn't it um, it was it was well done um i think actually probably the only thing about this movie that was well done was uh, yeah. you know, i think some of the effects were well done you know yeah, the violence like, did look good throat slitting stabbings they're all super violent and super in your face and i just kind of think like if your movie is going to be about violence in things and that sort of thing, and then you overstep the mark and become kind of torture porny, you're kind of contradicting yourself in a lot of ways. Like, I don't know how you feel about that, but I just kind of think like, you know, that it muddles the message. And I think so many people are going to walk away from this thinking this is another one that you chuck in that category of it's violent for the sake of being violent. Yeah, well, I think that's why yeah. it's so hard to do what they're trying to do is like yeah. when you make a movie that is super violent and then you have a message you're, you're trying to get across about violence in entertainment. It's like, God, it's hard to get that across. And some yeah. movies have done that well and some TV shows have done that well, but it's really, really hard to do. And so I think if you even remotely stumble and this movie stumbles a lot to me, it then just kind of the whole thing just collapses, I think. Yeah, I think so. But but yeah, yeah. Going into my thoughts on the movie. um, the the first kind of 20 minutes or so i i was i was enjoying the movie like obviously mm. i was fresh into the plot and kind of realizing what it was about i like a road trip movie yeah um and so i was kind of into that like i said at that point i didn't hate the characters i kind of thought our lead was fairly obnoxious and he gets worse throughout but i didn't hate him at that point um and yeah they they kind of go to like a couple of like um fan things so he appears on like a tv uh, radio show and then mm. he does like a book signing and all of that was kind of like reasonably um good and then we kind of got the killer come along and i was like okay like 
that was that was good as well like i wasn't like too annoyed you know like it wasn't it wasn't bad or anything i thought it was still good and then it just it we got to the middle kind of when the two collided and it just became an absolute mess and and it became yeah just just boring i could not get through this movie like the last 20 minutes or so were just so disjointed i didn't really get what was going on um like yeah start uh, not, smashing not, in different timelines yeah like, like yeah we get different messy. timelines but then there's even like a weird night day cycle i don't know if you got thrown by that but like our lead character is like randomly walking up a drive in the middle of the day and we've just seen him at night and then we've had like a flashback and now he's now it's daylight and i was just so thrown by like so many different things but even without that i just found the plot like really just you know, like I say, the final third, just not interesting. And then just um, where the the violence in the first part of the movie was kind of there and like interweaving with the comic book and everything. And, and that was quite cool. Like the, the end parts were just, it was just senseless. And, and yeah, it, it did lose me. And um, yeah, by, by as soon as credits rolled, I was just like, Jesus, like that was just, that was rough. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was a disappointment. And I think like what you said, I think just, um, like I said, I think that the, the, the violence and the, the effects were well done. Mm-hmm. And I think, and like the initial kind of premise was a premise that got me interested. Um, but then everything else was, was bad in this movie. And I think like there was so many kind of choices that were made and, and dialogue that I just wasn't that into. And, and yeah, just, just, um, you know, for a movie that, um, I was just quite in on it by how you were in on it. And then when I got, then, like I say, the first five or 10 minutes when the initial premise sang, I was like, okay, this is, this is going to be fun. Like, I don't think this is going to be a banger, but like, this could be fun. And and then, yeah, it just, it just really wasn't. Yeah. I, th- I think it's worth noting that the, um, so the director of this one, Jay Barrichell, um, mm-hmm. he is an actor and he, he's directed one other movie. So it's not his debut. Um, but it's interesting because kind of like we saw the rental a few weeks ago. And I think that mm-hmm. there's a lot of parallels in terms of it's a, a, a famous actor who's i guess primarily done comedy but also does other stuff who's now directing a horror movie mm. and i think that obviously again context is important but it, th- this movie really makes me appreciate the rental a lot more because i think that dave was able to really make realistic characters re- live in a realistic world and was able to get these really good performances and this movie does have a cast that i've seen i i recognized you know three out of the lead four actors um obviously one being the director yeah. um and the performances aren't good. I, I really don't think they're good. Like in particular, like say our lead character, who I'm a big fan of, he's in Cabin in the Woods and he's great. Um, and he was the lead in Detroit, a video game, which I'm a huge fan of. So like he's, Shit, a, he's that's yeah, where I recognize his face. Yeah. Um, so he, and he, so he's an awesome actor. <laughs> on the like, cover of the game. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it was really great to see him and kind of a couple mm. other faces that popped up. Um, and that was one of the things that like, I am a fan of his. So that was why I wanted to see this film. And then, yeah, like, and again, it's like, it's the character he's playing. It's kind of like nothing. And then I really do think that it's one of those things that I feel like, especially for me, I've kind of underrated in a director's talent is that ability to get the, the great performance from the actors, of course. And I think that is where something like this, that maybe he was so concerned on getting the right, you know, angles and the right kind of like violence in the movie that maybe he just didn't give the actors enough to really go on. And they really didn't understand these characters. Um, Cause yeah, ultimately I think the thing just the whole, the whole thing just felt very shallow to me kind of mm. like here's this cool premise. And I think it's worth knowing as well, that this is based upon like a graphic novel that came out um, like 10 years ago or something um, that has this very similar premise of this kind of like guy yeah. who's writing a horror comic and then, you know, k- killing start to happen based upon his comics. A good movie life. could be made of that premise. Definitely. And, and then I think that's what's so disappointing to me is that they've t- taken someone else's idea, I guess. And then just, have not executed it in, in very well you know like i said i don't like the, the the way the movie looks visually i think it's very kind of like the editing at times is very mm. poor as well where like you say like you just struggle to kind of keep yeah. up with what's going on um especially like towards the middle i think is where this movie really lost me when you have this kind of like police confrontation and again when i start to think about it now i'm like what were they going for because it's so laughably bad this kind of uh police officer who interviews our lead character and the kind of questions oh, God, that interview was awful like the question she's asking where she's saying like oh you, you know you don't have anything to do with this murder right but you you write all this horrible stuff like clearly you're a fucked up individual and then like the the that scene kind of ends with mm. the police officer saying to them like 
well, you know, your alibis have checked out and there's evidence that you yeah. didn't do it. What, as far as I'm concerned, you're a piece of shit. As well, though. <laughs> yeah, like... but, either, but like that's that in itself is a problem. But the fact that she's like, but either way, even though yeah. you're clear, to me, I still see you as the enemy. And yeah. like my takeaway from that was like, God, this girl is going to in a minute be like, have you got like Stephen King's number and like Quentin Tarantino? Because like I need to arrest them for all like the fucked up yeah. shit they've wrote over the years. Like it's just such a, again, that's what put me back to like an early 90s mentality yeah. of like, you can, just, you can disconnect entertainment from real life it's violence. It's weird when like, yeah, the negativity around violence in film and video games is portrayed by a movie that's super violent. Like it just, yeah. Well, that's like what I mean. It's like I get what they're trying to go for is they're trying to make you almost feel like the, you know, like the the scumbag, you know, where it's like, oh, you, you came into this wanting some graphic violence and we're going to give it to you, but we're also going to say that it's messed yeah. up. You shouldn't like it's that. just not, um, it's just not clever. No. Um, and um, I, I didn't realize that um, Jay had kind of, he could wrote and directed this movie and yeah. I was distracted enough by him in this movie, to be honest yeah. with you. Like, I was just like, you're like the the stoner dude from like knocked yeah. up or whatever. Like, <laughs> you can't you can't be in this as like a serious person. It's just too mm-hmm. distracting for me. And then like, let alone the fact he's behind the lens as well. Do you know who I blame for this? <laughs> I blame John Krasinski. <laughs> All right, because that that guy is too goddamn talented, and he's fantastic behind the camera, in front of the camera, writing mm. whatever the guy's gold and stick him in a tv show whatever like and so all these other actors are like well john's done it like <laughs> it's I an interesting point that like, you're doing him because obviously he is the one who has done it successfully both on screen and behind the screen in the same mm-hmm. film and i think that's why something like this is interesting because you know dave franco is not in the rental and i think that's a really good choice and i think yeah. that like jordan peele who in my opinion is a way better actor than all these people does not appear in his movies for very good reason well, well you say he's um, a better actor than john krasinski no, no, not John Krasinski. The other two, the other two, we're talking about. Um, I would, I would even try and make that distinction between the two. But, I, but I will go out on a limb and say that he's a much better actor than than the other two people we were just oh, discussing. Yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Um, although, so, although Dave Franco was great in those American Pie movies. Yeah, and Scrubs. Um, but uh, yeah, he's. Uh, but either way, well, I think I feel. I feel like we're really going off track. Here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> i'm talking about i'm talking about things that i'm happier to talk about with you than this movie <laughs> yeah that's the thing like we're definitely coming to the end of it but i think that is a good point to make is kind of like especially when you think about jordan who is so comedy 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 the similar with a lot of these guys where mm. it's like it would be easy just to put like key you know his comedy partner in his movies and it makes you know he, he chooses not to and i think that is a distinction that i think jay going forward for me i think anyway kind of trying to take some positives from this movie because i I really didn't like it is like don't put yourself in the movie and and try and steer it away from the comedy stuff like i don't know i think that would go a little bit away but i also think this movie has a lot of issues that i don't even think that would make much of a difference anyway Um, no it's a shame it's a shame because i could say i i think like i said for the first little bit i was in and was enjoying it and mm. it just kind of you know, it really just it just lost itself. Um and you know, with with the the cast, because we you know, you spoke about it, but this is a good cast. Mm. You know, the the um the girlfriend, um, I can't think of the actress's name, but she's in like the Fast and the Furious movies. Obviously like Jesse mm. Williams as Todd is in a lot of things and Jay's been in a lot of things. Like, you know, they're they're all decent actors and actresses and like there should have been more from this and i think that's kind of um you look at like the rental that you know i think that is a great comparison to have with it and that had a really good cast as well and those actors did get something out of it you know Mm. we were we were entertained by the 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 the, um drama that was going on and was less entertained by the horror in that Mm. horror movie um whereas this i just wasn't entertained by any of it you know i um told our lead character was just he was an awful lead character he just he just like i don't know how he had all these people around him that cared about him because he was just like such a debbie downer all the time and just kind of you know making these terrible choices and just just wasn't he just wasn't likable in any way for me Mm. as a lead yeah it was really disappointing like Mm. um 
I think uh, just before we get to our thoughts, it was it was interesting because I was just looking at kind of the reception to this movie because this is one right. of the few that I am interested in to see kind mm. of what it is. And it does range, but I've seen mostly positive for it. And um, even just looking at the, you know, like I usually don't like to do this, but I thought this movie, it was funny to see kind of the, you know, it's, it gives you a little snapshot of the reviews on like Wikipedia. Um, it said some people said that it was it had a timely message um and was a meta look at the genre so like people that really dig it and like the commentary but then other people are saying that it's um it sends something about gratuitous violence and exploitation of real tragedy but it's even more hypothetically um yeah hypercritically hollow than the films it tries to criticize um yeah. and also says seems contemptuous of horror fans like i think that's how i felt watching it mm. um especially with those scenes that you talked about kind of like it felt like it's it's such a weird one right because like when you watch like a jordan movie he feels like someone who genuinely loves the genre and is yeah. so happy to be making movies in it yeah it, it does feel like, I felt like watching this genre yeah it felt like i'm gonna make a horror movie just to show you how easy it is and also take the piss out of the horror and this is gonna be my crazy meta horror movie where ultimately i think i'm like above it all like, i don't know maybe yeah. i'm take i'm just going too much from it but either way no, um, i feel that way because i think like there, there's been a time where that was a thing with horror that mm. it was like the the kind of black genre of the film world and yeah. people didn't want to do it like and um didn't want to kind of um you know uh do any any kind of version of you know the, um even i was trying to think of jordan with his one with with um get out like it wasn't labeled a horror movie mm. because we were still kind of you know that was the spearhead of kind of the last few years of the renaissance of it and and kind of before then you know people didn't want to make horror movies and people were being forced into making them and and even when you hear some of like people talking about movies that were made they would they'd be like oh yeah i made this horror movie and even if it was like a classic they they almost were a bit ashamed of it mm. and i hate that and yeah um, you know, even even some of like the Carpenter interviews we get, like he's mm. always like, "Oh, I just kept having to make these horror movies. I was put as a horror guy," and I'm like, "Own it." Do you know yeah. what I mean? And um, you know, just be Bruce Campbell, own it. <laughs> and uh, and and yeah, this kind of felt like that, where I just don't feel like he loves the genre. And you look at like the violence in this movie, and it's just for the sake of being violent. And I kind of, mm. you know, I would imagine that this would be the same sort of person that would show like the scene from. Uh, midsummer and be like look at this violence it's sick it's disgusting and not actually like understanding the contact context or gravitas of that scene yeah you know where this was just like slash your throat and show it in the camera's face like you know it was just yeah about to say it 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 does trigger me it is weird because like when you see these movies and obviously we see a lot of them for the show you do start to get you still you feel a general vibe come from some mm. of these movies and, and and it's not even just whether you like or dislike them but you sometimes watch these movies and we get a lot of this at fright fest because obviously there's yeah. so many of that crowd that you see but you you feel that warmth and you feel that love like they're from people that love the genre that like legitimately just want to make a great horror movie and then you see films like this and as harsh as it may sound it really just doesn't feel that way it feels really cold and shallow and it feels like it's made by someone who maybe just somehow got a license and they were like oh i guess i'm gonna make a horror movie and ultimately they maybe just want to be a filmmaker which is fine if you want to do that um but they don't feel like they genuinely want to make it for the horror fans um and so that's why obviously we are like we host a horror podcast so we are the hardcore of the hardcore horror fans and that's just not going to appeal to us personally um but yeah i guess yeah my my overall thoughts like I, and recommendations i wouldn't recommend this um it, it you know like say fell apart for me um real disappointing one because i thought it had some promise and i thought it had a cool trailer as well because obviously you see those the scenes of violence that look cool you hear this cool premise about this comic book coming to life and you're like oh, okay this sounds cool got some people in it that i recognize and then yeah the movie just doesn't live up to that in the slightest um so yeah i wouldn't recommend it and there's plenty of other great stuff on show that you should watch instead of this yeah i completely mirror that don't don't watch it yeah um but yeah that was our discussion on random acts of violence so uh, we will take a short break and we will be right back yeah we do have some listener feedback this week um of course if you want to hit us up on twitter it's at shb pod or if you want to send us a longer email uh, you can hit us up on super horror bros podcast at gmail.com um 
but uh yeah this week we had one actually from cody last week that we didn't get to um i wanted to bring up because this is funny um he says hey bros um been diving deep into awful b horror i regretted my decisions instantly but remained vigilant for uh, the viewings of terror tunes one through three uh these films are bad and weird strongly do not recommend these films have awful scripts bad actors and okay costumes and gore effects in the first film only cheers um now when i first read this i was surprised because i was like i have no idea what terror tunes is um so upon doing some research i am now Whoa. not surprised why i don't know what terror tunes is because you say b horror i mean that might be being kind to this <laughs> franchise you know it's i don't know if you've seen any screenshots or videos I'm, from this i'm now i'm now having a look also um did did cody say he'd watched what one two and three I think so, yeah. <laughs> then uh, he'll be pleased to know that uh, four and five are already on IMDb. <laughs> nice. You'll four be very is excited. Ten for a 2021 release, yeah. and uh, and then there's a five as well on there. So nice. if these if these happen, um, I definitely want to hear um, <laughs> Cody's review on these. Yeah, definitely from Cody because, as he says, he strongly does not recommend these for anyone else. But uh, yeah, <laughs> seeing like the screenshot from this and stuff i was like wow this really does look like something that someone filmed like in a day on a green screen and it really does feel that way <laughs> like watching the trailer i was like i honestly don't know how you've done it Cody. i i can definitely see the enjoyment in watching just purposefully terrible stuff um but my god <laughs> this looks bad <laughs> yeah you gotta pick and choose your battles sometimes you really do um but yeah i i now know that these exist um so thank you very yeah. much for that cody um but uh yeah i think that was pretty much it for the feedback um i want to talk about some tv um i don't know how much of it you've seen but kind of we, we've not really talked about nosferatu on the show yeah um, i've seen up to episode eight now okay nice you're, you're pretty much towards the end um and yeah obviously I think we talked about it quite a bit last year and was obviously big fans of it. The um, book that we both absolutely adore, like one of the best books I've ever read. Um, I don't even want to gloss over that because it is genuinely amazing. And it's why Mm. we always pick up Joe Hill and his work. And it's phenomenal. Like if you're even remotely a Stephen King fan, like you have to read Joe Hill's Nosferatu. Um, But uh, yeah, obviously season one came last year. They mm-hmm. changed some things, but like overall really, really dug it. And so, yeah, I was excited to learn that obviously they, they announced the season two. Um, I've watched all of it now, but obviously I won't, I, I do have some things to say regarding the ending, but we'll obviously save that for when you've seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll leave it very kind of like my early thoughts on the show. Um, but yeah, it, it was more of the same, um, just slightly worse kind of, I think, it's really difficult. Like I still enjoyed the show because I think the cast is really strong. And we, we talked about it last year. We're kind of like with season one and how they just, you know, the, our main three characters of Charlie, Vic and Bing are just so well cast. Mm-hmm. Um, and they really do carry it for me because there, there's episodes, especially in series two, where just nothing really happens. Um, you know, they, they kind of, at the end of series one, they, went their own way and they changed a lot from the book and then mm. watching series two is weird because it felt like they just kind of retconned a lot of that and then very have tried to keep it more like the book um which was odd to me um and i think that when when the show first started i really foresaw it as like a free season arc to tell the whole story of the book um and then kind of very quickly into season two i was like oh, okay they need to end this like now because like they they really were burning through the book at a quicker rate than i expected um yeah and so yeah obviously I'll, I'll get to my thoughts on the finale in the coming weeks but like i i enjoyed it but i definitely think it was a step down from series one and i don't know what they're gonna do with the future but like it's it's one of those things where i don't even know if i'd want to keep watching because i don't know it just seems like they're kind of to me the the actors are really carrying the show and the characters and i think they've just gone so far away from what what the show should have been but what what, what do you what do you think on about series two because obviously for me there is yeah. quite a big difference in quality how do you feel about it I don't. I don't know. Like, I. I still quite quite like it. I think. Yeah, I, still um, it a lot. I really like Lou as a new character. Mm. Um, I think he's perfectly cast. He's exactly kind of how you know how I wanted him to be. Um, and I think kind of yeah, that whole um, dynamic between him and Vic and um, Bats or what is he Wayne mm. uh, the, the boy. Um, Kind of like, you know, I really enjoyed their family dynamic uh, in that way and kind of, 
yeah, the 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 book is very much kind of this um, almost like two act thing with kind of younger Vic and older Vic, and mm-hmm. kind of like this jump in time, and kind of um, I think like the the way they've done this into the TV show, I thought was really good with because because um, kind of the you know Bing and kind of a lot of these other characters aren't really in that part of the book and they've mm. done so well to keep them in there i think the um was it the hourglass man or something like yeah. they tried to bring in more villain characters and like n- none of them worked none mm. of them worked they were all awful but i think kind of you know Bing's arc throughout this series has been really fascinating and and yeah it is those characters that i find so strong but i think kind of you know, Lou being added to that cast was a great cast. And, and yeah, with, with Wayne as well, like he's not this super annoying kid. Um, but it it is feeling, you know, it's feeling a bit long in the tooth. Like you say, there are the, the whole Hourglass Man stuff I yeah, haven't was, cared for. It was and just completely added, wasn't it? Yeah, and, and kind of even the whole... Um, manx stuff like we're getting too much like into his backstory stuff and half of it doesn't involve him as a character Mm. being on screen and so we don't even get to see zachary being awesome um because like i didn't really care about the whole um was it his girlfriend that had the roller skates or whatever that was in the hospital bed can you remember in season one yeah yeah and like i didn't really care about any of that backstory but it was seeing zachary being zachary and it was awesome but like this stuff is kind of um his daughter and her mother and kind of in the um in Christmas land mm-hmm. and like go delving into all that and I just don't really care for his daughter as a as a character that's big in it and, and all of that stuff. So yeah, there are definitely things that I, you know, am not caring for. But but yeah, kind of for me, like now going into the last couple of episodes, I'm still pretty buzzed to see how it pans out. And my, my hope is that it does kind of um bookend it. Um because yeah, I don't. From the book itself, there is not much more content left to go. Yeah, and from the TV show, it feels like it's exhausted anything it could possibly do to to give this show more legs. And so I think just get it done. And so I'm hoping that that's what happens in these two episodes. Yeah, the things that they've done to kind of add it to prolong it just haven't been great. Like yeah. any time they've massively gone away from the source. Yeah, material, do you know what I mean. If if Hourglass Man was awesome, you know, then suddenly you you know you've got other stuff going on. But they even realised the errors of their ways with him very early on, and just kind of yeah shunned a lot of these characters. So so yeah, it is a weird one. But um, yeah, like I say, I'm still I'm still looking forward to delving into those last couple of episodes. Yeah, like I still enjoyed it because I I love that world. I obviously love that story, and mm. and in particular characters and i think like yeah zachary in particular is like just so good like i it's one of those things where i can't imagine this show existing without him playing charlie manx he is like in terms of like all the books i've read he is the best ever casting from my own head to like visually on a screen i've like ever seen um i i genuinely cannot believe that they got him like gets cast (laughs) but i genuinely can't believe that they've got him for two series Mm. and i feel like it's just a blessing that they managed to get him but um I think, yeah, I still enjoyed it, but it's definitely a step down from series one. My my only other negative outside of that is I think Maggie is a character in the TV show really sucks. Um, she was such a cool character in the books. Mm. And really she is the worst the one. And yeah, like there's a reason why I mentioned Bing, Manx and Vic, because in the book, it's four of them that are great. And I think that Maggie is just like series one. She was pretty irrelevant. Series two, she may as well not even be on the show. Um, And like they've added all these different things, especially with Hourglass Man, and none of it has worked. And yeah, like she to me is the biggest disappointment of like, man, they really didn't. Because Maggie is a very difficult character to nail because of how unique she is the books and they did not do a good I, job of that. yeah because she was so quirky in the books and mm. like um and just kind of you know with with the with the stutter and everything that she she kind of develops and they like they completely changed that in the show for these mm. seizures that she has and like yeah i just don't enjoy that as much and and yeah i i i agree with you with that i think um you know, for me, like, I've never felt, like, strongly towards Vic. Like, I, I mm. like her, but it's Bing and Manx that I think are fantastic. And then for me, like I say, Lou was the best thing of this season on the other side of it because I think his was, like, he was exactly how I imagined him to be. And I, I just, you know, I just really want him to just 
like sit down and watch all the Star Wars movies with his kid and have a good time. That's all I want. That's all I <laughs> yeah. want for him. Well, I think that's what's great, and that to, to me, that's why it shows that him and Vic work really well because I think as characters, that is what they need to be. He needs to be the warm, loving parent who is a great guy, and ultimately, you know, the reason why she's still haunted by Charlie as an adult is because she's not a great person. Like she's supposed to be a shit mom and a shit person who's kind of overcoming all these horrible hurdles that she went through when she was younger. And I think that that's why I really like Vic in the TV show is that she's not a nice person. She does she makes like messed up decisions a lot, and I think there's there's multiple times where i'm like man like your son would be better off just with lou away from you um but i think that's what they're going for and so that's why it's effective to me even though it's not like she's definitely not the typical like protagonist that you just want to root for um and and like i say it muddies that water between someone like manx who is obviously on paper just like the one of the most despicable people but because he plays it in the like made by such you know such a charming person who's emanating that role it then really starts to blur the lines and that's what i find so fascinating about the show and and the those are things i think the show really does nail like that is a big positive for me oh yeah those um, two and they have a lot of versus moments in this mm-hmm. series as well and all of them are very good mm. um but yeah i'm i'm just team lou all the way <laughs> yeah um so yeah i i still i still really enjoy it. i would still highly recommend it to people because it's one of those shows that seems like it's gone massively under the radar um mm. and even with two series done now i think they've done a very good job it's not you know it's not a perfect job of kind of getting the amazing book to tv i think when we first heard that it was announced like i was happy they were going tv rather than film uh, because i think there's just too much to go in there and i always you know back then i foresaw it as like a free season arc of television whereas now they've kind of muddied the water and i would be more than happy with it to just end after two um and it would still be a good ride like so i think that's one of the things that these that again we talk about this with tv a lot but they need to like be not afraid to do that when i look at like watchmen and like they were just like yep it's one series we told the story and we're out and like they need to be not afraid to do that more and i think they so want it to be the next Mm. like cash cow don't they of like here's our thing that we're going to run into the ground and it's it's series six and don't you just love zachary as charlie westworld yeah best one for that because westworld season one was fantastic yeah and two just dropped off a cliff and i i think three happened or is it yeah (laughs) yeah i didn't watch it i was exactly with you i watched series two and was like what happened to this show like series yeah. one was so awesome but uh but yeah that's the thing and that's the risk they take and listen i get it because it's all a business and you obviously want to make money and so if you have a you know a cash cow like a popular tv show of course you're not going to just want to end it but then that's what i love about someone like hbo that they just have so much goddamn money that they can do whatever the hell they want anyway um whereas this is like amc isn't it who are obviously notorious for uh letting shows go on a little bit too long shall we say um uh, but wait, you know wait, what what <laughs> uh we shall see on that one is that a dig or something <laughs> i'll let you i'll let you decide um but like yeah. dig or something. <laughs> have you been watching anything else lately um i can't remember if it was last week or this week that i finished watching the 80s horror doc but yeah yeah that's always stuff, good whether that was last week or this week uh yeah. it all blends in but mm. now i just now i just have a big old list of 80s horror movies that i want to absorb at some point yeah that's going to be the problem but also an awesome problem to have <laughs> it is a good problem to have yeah i guess the problem is trying to track some of those down because that's gonna yeah be <laughs> that is the problem i already kind of like after watching it on shudder i then when i had my list and i typed them all into shudder <laughs> and all of the ones i wanted to watch were not on shudder yeah. not a single one uh so that was disappointing see i got to look elsewhere uh, that's the thing some of those i don't even know if you'll be able to like literally get maybe like a dvd might be the best option like yeah so, yeah i've got some good ones on there though mm. do you want to i've got a i've got a uh top 10 have you have you got I've cat got people watch. on there because that's what i want to see um cat people didn't make it no <laughs> uh, when i saw that i was like this weird movie with malcolm mcdowell i was like oh yes that's yeah, taking a i have me. i have seen cat people um <laughs> yeah but like i wouldn't be against seeing it again um i have it was like years ago I but yeah i've got it. i've got uh, motel hell right. which just sounded interesting and sounded right up my alley maniac the original maniac and yeah. the good thing is shudder does have the elijah wood maniac nice which i would like to check out i've got other uh, as well pumpkin head <laughs> because I've never seen Pumpkinhead, and it just looks mad. Yeah. Have you seen Pumpkinhead? No. No. The original My Bloody Valentine, <laughs> which is good. Creepshow 1, because I've just seen Creepshow 2. Really? Hugo. Well, I, no, I've, no, sorry, I've just like seen recently. as yeah. in recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have seen Creepshow. Yeah. Uh, Cujo, Psycho oh, 2. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and they have a nice Arrow version of that. Yeah. Sleepaway Camp, Night of the Comet, and Lost Boys. 
it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good time. Yeah. They're the ones I picked up, like, watching the documentary of kind of, yeah, pretty much all of them I've seen before. I think Motel Hell and Pumpkinhead are the only two I've not seen. Oh, Night, I don't think, I can't remember if I was in Night of the Comet or not. I don't think so. But, yeah, like, most of these I've seen, but they just kind of, like, it's been long enough and it, it tickled the senses. There are, yeah, there but- are a load more, like, all of the Friday the 13th as well. <laughs> Mine were the two weird ones that really stood out was Cat People and also I think it's called Q, the Winged Serpent. Um, oh yeah, I did. See, that one was like almost there for me. And yeah, I was like, oh, that looked that wild. Weird, and, like, yeah. I remember when they were hearing like how they made it and stuff? It just sounded mental because I, I think mm. that's a Larry Cohen movie, isn't it? But, yeah, um, yeah, like that. That one really stood out to me as well. Like, but I think yeah, I I think I remember doing what you did of like looking them up and couldn't find anything beyond like really old dvds and was like bummed out about it but that might just be the way to go unfortunately it's always such a shame when you don't get the lovely like oh there's an amazing blu-ray restoration out right now (laughs) oh god i remember q now what they were talking about on it because that was where cohen hired like a helicopter and shot all these uh and then like and then like chuck the scenes to the uh to the animators like there you go guys they're like uh we normally like give you some like parameters and stuff like how are we meant to get this thing to work and he's like you're animators you can do it yeah (laughs) he sounded like an absolute maverick like yeah talking in that documentary it's fantastic yeah, it was, it was one of the good ones for sure. Like, I, I can't wait for whenever, like, that the new part comes out as well. Because it's supposed yeah, to come well, out this it's, year. It's Halloween that the Kickstarter or the crowdfunding will will um, begin. Right. Uh, but, yeah, there hasn't been, like, a lot said. Because it's interesting to, to know what the, the content will be for that. Mm. Um, you know, will it be deep dive into different areas? Because they've pretty much covered almost every movie apart from yeah. the, the one that you want them to talk about. Exactly. <laughs> like if they release another of these goddamn documentaries and microwave massacre isn't in it then i just don't know what to say anymore yeah we have to talk to those guys <laughs> um but yeah that's pretty much it for this week obviously next week it's fright fest which is weird to say because it really doesn't feel like it um yeah that's crazy but it's the digital only kind of the first time ever we'll be watching them at home and uh we did post on Twitter uh, about a week or so ago. If you just search in our, in our images, you'll see that we posted kind of like our tentative schedule um, for the festival. So obviously if you want to watch along with us or if you want to watch different ones and let us know, because it is weird. Like I've been watching quite a few different previews and, and reading a lot of previews this week about mm-hmm. Fright Fest. And it is funny how, which movies are getting recommended and kind of like a lot of the times multiple movies in the same slot are getting recommended. And yeah, there were a couple of, like strong slots when we were looking you know yeah like there was there was one that was like a list of five and it was literally like two of them were documentaries and then three of them were like clashing with each other and i was just yeah. like well so you could only really watch like three out of these at a maximum like it was it is a bit odd like i get why they've yeah. done it but it's, it's a weird one um but uh yeah it should be exciting either way like i said we have a shit ton of movies to talk about very soon yeah and i was gonna be mad like we have to figure out what shows we're gonna do and everything like it's yeah. it's weird because i feel super underprepared for it because yeah. um you know ordinarily we've had to kind of uh fight to get our tickets mm-hmm. fight to get our screenings of the films we want uh then you know hotels and kind of you know travel and and everything whereas whereas we literally just brought our digital ticket and you could just book whatever movie you want and we haven't really thought about it too much it's it's weird that it's now you know literally a few days away and it really doesn't feel like it um but i am super excited oh yeah for sure and it definitely won't feel as big as before like i think with our shows it's normally talking a lot about like the experience of being there and all of that stuff and obviously this will just be talking about movies um so obviously won't be as crazy as it normally is i think that about our experience like you know that's the thing the the only other thing is is like will it will it work you know like hopefully it'll be a brief discussion at the start being like yep it all worked greatly and then we just concentrate on the (laughs) movie we actually got to see some movies yeah so um we shall see and then yeah like in the coming weeks like movies are coming out in particular mm. the news is out as well um That's not coming out and, yeah outside the podcast tenet is out in literally days which is mental to think <laughs> um so it's all uh, happening in the space of like a week like yeah. why is it we've had nothing and then suddenly there's two cinema releases and fright fest all at the same weekend oh yes a good it's problem a, to have 
exactly but i'm still going to be salty about it um <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh yeah all that fun stuff next week fright fest um it shall be fun and yeah definitely let us know if you guys are going to be watching along with us um but yeah that was episode 210 where we talked about random acts of violence uh thanks for listening as always and we'll see you again very soon see you later everyone Anyway, shut up, I can't Mainly because I never could How could I start that?